Welcome to Optimist in Progress. I'm Tom Johnston and with me is my co-host, Dr. Drea Letamendi. Hi, Drea. Hi, Tom. It's great to see you. You too. You too. Last time we spoke to Josh Harris, who is the founder of the Bon Vivants, an amazing group of cocktail makers, hospitality experts. Uh, he owns bars in that that are right at the top of all the kind of best bars in the country and even the world's list. And he was a former track athlete. And in Josh's conversation, there's something that stuck with me that I'd love to pick up on today. So Josh described being a track athlete at college in LA. He got a scholarship there to run. He was clearly very, very talented. And in his first year, he got injured and had a kind of tricky transition. For a minute, it seemed like he didn't really know what his purpose was. He'd been so focused on running track his whole life up to that point, and it contained a huge amount of his headspace, both in terms of focus, but also just in terms of what his dreams were and what his identity was. And he then got injured, but transitioned and found a kind of new home in potentially an unlikely space, which is bars. And there was a great side of that. He found real kind of good social connection with people, but he also found a negative side of that, which was his own personal relationship with alcohol, which became problematic for him. And I was really interested to hear his story because he talked about recognizing that he really liked the environment of a bar, but he personally just didn't want to have alcohol in his system. It wasn't something that he needed or or wanted and needed to be away from. But he didn't let that get in the way. He was able to separate those two things in a way that I think a lot of people really struggle with or is definitely a grey area. And he described kind of shifting his position. He literally went from behind the bar making drinks and serving people and also being very comfortable the other side of the bar receiving drinks to just switching and only being behind the bar and he felt comfortable in that position so even though there was still alcohol around he was able to enjoy the environment that the bar brought and the connections that he was enjoying there in spite of that and it didn't get in the way and he's now created an entire career and lifestyle for himself being uh, one of the foremost drinks experts in the country. It was almost like he recognized what was good for him in that environment and what wasn't good for him in that environment. And he was able to kind of focus on what was good and leave the stuff that didn't work for him. Right. And I think he even said that he saw himself, like you said, on one side of the bar, that his actual shifting, his mind frame shifted and his positionality shifted. And that allowed him to harness all the good things that come from that role, being a host, uh, mixing, coming up with these delightful beverages, almost being a steward in this in this social way, but not not violating his own beliefs and values, sticking to his oath, and that is a very inspiring example of how we can do this ourselves, right? There, this concept of reframing or adjusting our perspective in order to find what makes us feel special and empowered and quite right or fitting for that role in an unexpected way. So is that what you would describe it as, as, as a reframing? So he was able to look at a situation which had been problematic for him, 
but in that same environment could work out what he did want and what he didn't want and then go back into that environment and for it to work for him. That's what you would call reframing. It is. There is a term called cognitive reframing, sometimes called cognitive restructuring. And it's a psychological technique of identifying and then changing our perspective or the, the way that we're thinking about a situation, an experience, an idea, a reaction that we have. I, I'll use Josh's example. A lot of times we might feel stuck. Like I would look at this situation and put two and two together. You're sober. This, these opportunities come from a bar. That seems like a stuck point. Can, can you be in that situation and really be effective and really be in your zone with this situation? And he really explained to us that it was about the framework he was using. He even said if he had a purpose there, then he would feel as though he's sort of overcoming this fixation on sobriety or, or feeling like it is a setback. He actually kind of gained control over the situation, which is really, really inspiring. So that cognitive reframing, uh, whether you want to call it a practice or a mindset is something that psychologists suggest we do all the time in order for us to think of situations differently and actually come up with solutions that make sense for our lifestyles. That's really interesting. I remember being given the advice when I first started doing some distance running, which was count up to your halfway in terms of distance and then count down from halfway in. And it was just a very easy way of instead of going, oh God, I've got to do a 20 mile run today. You count up to the first 10 and then you count your way in to the line from from your halfway point. And actually what that does is it kind of reframes your run instead of thinking about the whole distance you break it down and actually you kind of look at building for the first half and then you look at the second half sort of gradually shrinking as you take every stride and it was a tiny piece of advice but it really helped me on running a lot further than I'd ever done before and had to kind of make some mental adjustments as I was doing some training it was and, and I guess that is a reframing of the same thing it's, it's still if you're going to go and run for 20 miles you're still running for that distance but you're just thinking about it in a different way. I wish I had known about this technique. I try to Jedi mind trick myself when I'm exercising. I do a lot of spinning. <laughs> I do some running. And this is a really good idea to kind of convince yourself um, that you can make it, right? I can survive this this first half. And then when you're on your second half, hopefully it's really encouraging and energizing. Like I'm on on this the second half of this. I'm on my way back. Um, and that's exactly I should say it. now that it's not 20 miles. I, I still use that <laughs> st same technique, but I'm not running. I think that's that. a great technique for just about any kind of physical exercise or, or a project that kind of has these, you know, a beginning, middle and end. And, and that is a reminder of how powerful our frameworks are, how powerful our thinking can be. I often remind my clients and the students that I work with that how we think can really impact how we feel, that there is that relationship there that's so strong and so inherent. Um, and and I, I think we can even apply it to our career decisions, how we're dealing with the pandemic, uh, the choices we have in front of us regarding really serious things as well. It's pretty empowering. So how do we notice the, the good things from the bad? Because I think a lot of people faced with the same situation as Josh had there, which is a non-drinker who's happy in a bar, 
I think a lot of people would look at that situation and go, okay, well, I, I just have to avoid that situation. But he didn't. He looked at the positive aspects of that situation and was able to embrace them. How do we look at what's good or what works for us and how and orientate around that rather than maybe kind of throwing the baby out with the bathwater and completely scrapping and moving to somewhere else? Yeah, as humans, we have very fixed mindsets. Sometimes I'll use the word distortion if it's a very extreme thought. Um, so some thoughts people may have had over the pandemic um, include things like, I'm not doing enough. I'm not good enough. I haven't accomplished anything. I mean, these are, I would say they're, they tend to be extreme thoughts. They tend to be distorted thoughts. And, and usually they have to do with the self or, or with their, our own accomplishments and, and our future orientation. I think just making a slight adjustment around those thoughts can really, really help with feeling better. When we have this fixation or we have this distorted thought, for instance, let's say, you know, I'll, I'll never amount to anything. I'm so stuck here. I'll never amount to anything. It's helpful to first identify that that's a stuck point. Like, wow, listen to my self-talk. I I think that's a very extreme thought, or I think that's a very distorted thought, or, or what a, you know, what a pitfall to be stuck in. What is a more realistic way that I can think? And then we just kind of add this little reframing or restructuring to that. Well, maybe the thought is, you know, right now, I haven't felt like I've done what I wanted to, but my plans can change and I can adapt. Or even something very specific and concrete. Well, there's an opportunity coming up in a couple of months. I, I think I should think about or plan for that in order to get out of the stuck point. And so these are smaller ways in which we can identify, again, these really extreme thoughts and just come up with these slight adjustments to think more clearly in more realistic ways and in ways that are healthier for us, that give us a little bit of an out so we're not stuck in that mindset anymore. Okay, so instead of having a, a bad week at, at work and deciding that you need to leave your job, move city, change everything else up, you could maybe just focus on one or two things that you thought were good and then kind of put energy in that direction rather than... Yeah, exactly. I almost feel like sometimes we wear these sunglasses or these, you know, we have these lenses on that distort our vision. And some of us, I mean, I'm prone to negative thoughts sometimes. Some of us are just leaning toward catastrophic things or devastating things. And it's really, really healthy for us to just pause and even just take off the lens that is that filter and think instead of ways that we can be more realistic and positive about the situation. Josh did this, I think, in a really refined and uh, quite impressive way. He took what was his lifestyle and he decided that he wanted to, to almost revise his role in the situation so that it would not just work better for him, but actually improve and support the community. And, and that's, I think, what we should all strive for. How can I take these gritty lenses off and think in ways that actually may be helpful and healthy for me and also may support and give to others? How can that, that mindset where he's kind of panning for gold, he's finding the, the, the good bits in, in any situation and focusing on them, how can they help us in, 
in a really difficult situation, if it, you know, whether it's a crisis or a real challenge, how can that help give us the most constructive kind of orientation through this? I really love your example because it reminds us that we have to look for it. I don't know. I've never panned for gold, but what I understand of it is that you have to have patience and you have to be pretty diligent and it may not happen right away. Um, so yeah, I think one of the first things we do in the situation is start with those, what we call unvarnished facts. So what do I know to be true in this situation? In the pandemic, there are things we don't know that make us nervous and anxious and uncertain, but there are things that we do know. So for instance, I can say solidly, I know that I'm vaccinated. I know that my family members right now are healthy. I know that there's an opportunity for me career-wise in the coming months. There are some facts that we consider unvarnished that are still true for us that are still uh, untouched by this negative lens, for instance, and that can give us that little bit of optimism. It's hard to, I think, to completely be in that mindset and not also acknowledge what's challenging and difficult. And what I think we can glean from Josh's example is that he didn't do that. He didn't simply say, so therefore, you know, I'm going to give in and change my sober lifestyle. Or he didn't say, I have to give up this dream because I can't be in bar environments. That's not ideal for me. He really shared with us. I think I even made the comment that he makes it sound easy. And he said, no, this is hard. This is hard. Mm -hmm. It's really hard work. And I appreciated his, his candor about that this whole idea of cognitive reframing is hard work. And I think we just acknowledge that and we understand that there are going to be some difficulties, some hard days, and it may not work as well some days than others. So I think it's important to just be realistic about that. I think often something being difficult is a good thing. I think I had a, an old boss who was a great kind of mentor of mine. He used to say difficult is worth doing. And what you meant by that was if you were being challenged and you were pushing yourself, it would be hard. But the fact that you were doing that probably meant that the outcome would be rewarding. And I think that that is often something that gets in the way. I think people, quite rightly, particularly if their energy is, is being challenged in, in, in all the things that are going on right now, if something is difficult, then it can be quite easy to kind of walk away from that. But actually understanding going into something that this is going to be a challenge to me helps frame that as well. And I think understanding that there is a big, you know, if you're, if you're doing something, whether it's professionally or personally, that is something big and new, that there will be a, a really hard element to it, then the enjoyment of the positive bits of that, I'm guessing, will probably be a little bit higher. Absolutely. And I hear, as you describe that, the importance of gratitude. It's not about, oh, I have to do this thing or I must do this thing, but even reframing our perspective around our lifestyles as I get to do this. I get to do to have this in my life. I get to do this today. Even that little word choice, that change in one word can be particularly um, helpful in, in shifting our mindset. Um, so I, I urge people to take this through its um, 
kind of stepwise pattern that you identify it first, you think of a way that you can reframe it, and then you try it. And of course, if it's not successful, there's other ways that you can reframe the situation. The last thing I would say about reframing is there may be some situations that are actually not really great for us or even good for us. And I don't want to suggest that people reframe harmful situations only to endure it or to feel strong or because they're bullied into something. Um, and so that should be clear too. In any situation, um, I think, again, Josh's example is really, really important here. If he found that being in that bar environment was harmful to him, he had multiple triggers or he had relapses because of the environment he was in. I think that's important to note. So that last piece there is, as I reframe this, does it continue to be harmful for me or other people? That's kind of that last bit that I think we should all consider. Well, thank you, Dred. I've really enjoyed this conversation around reframing and just looking at a challenge from a different perspective. And I think that hearing on the face of it, someone who doesn't drink making a career out of being in bars and creating companies and brands that belong in bars is something that comes from a really positive reframing of potentially a very damaging situation. So thank you. I've really enjoyed the conversation and learned a lot. Absolutely. Thanks for chatting with me. You've been listening to Optimist in Progress, a podcast from Optimist Drinks, presented by Dr. Drea Letamendi and Tom Johnstone, with original music by Reginald Science Perry, edited by Brian Ward, researched by Lisa Farr Johnston, and produced by Natalie Parrish. For more information, go to optimistdrinks.com forward slash podcast or follow at Optimist Drinks on Instagram. For more from Drea, follow at Arkham Asylum Doc on Instagram. And for inquiries, email us podcast at optimistdrinks.com. Thanks for listening.